Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market Podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. The If You Market Podcast is brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, joined uh, by co-host Carla Jo Helms. Hi, guys. And today we'll be talking with Wendy Wise of coldcallingresults.com about uh, what else? Cold calls. Wendy is known as the queen of cold calling, TM. She has that trademarked. Yes, she's an author, speaker, and sales coach. And uh, more importantly, today she's our guest, Wendy. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on to talk about cold calling. Oh, thank you for inviting me to be here and talk about cold calling. To put trademark after the queen of cold calling, that is smart. It sounds like a superhero name, Wendy. Just to throw that. Out there. Yeah, well, I have a handful of superhero qualities. She needs a cape. <laughs> that is a question we ask sometimes. No, I need a tiara. You need to see the tiara. So I'll start with that question then. If you had one superpower, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Yeah, what would it be? To reverse time. <laughs> you want the uh, Dr. Strange power. really philosophically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about why, but yeah. that would be the superpower right now. Fantastic. Um, all right, let's get into cold calling. That's what everybody's here for. Um, let's jump straight into it. Wendy, what can you tell us about cold calling and what you do with cold calling over there? And let's just pretend our audience are heavily marketers. Some of them don't quite understand what a cold call is. Or let's, you know, talk about how it can be a nasty word. Nobody wants mm. oh, yes. to talk about it, right? Probably the reason most marketers don't want to touch sales. They're afraid of sales. <laughs> They're afraid of cold calls in reality. Well, certainly the, the phrase cold call or cold calling, uh, people has have some very unfortunate connotations attached to it. Um, but think of this instead as introductory calling. Um, a cold call is anytime you reach out to a prospect that you don't know or you don't know well. So that actually includes what a lot of salespeople uh, or marketing people would typically call, and I'm making finger quotes here, warm leads, um, because you don't actually know these people that you're reaching out to. So um, a cold call is really uh, a very direct way to reach out to someone you don't know or don't know well and introduce yourself or introduce the company, the product, the service. Um, it's, it's direct. It makes a human being to human being connection that you do not make with email or texts or Facebook ads. And it's very powerful. So, is, so a cold call is basically the business equivalent of a, a guy or girl having the sweaty palms and going to ask somebody to the dance and knowing I have this one shot and I know I'm going to blow it type of a nerves. I can't screw it up. Exactly. Cold calling is actually just like dating. You um, don't get to go on the date until you ask the person you want to date if they'll go out on a date with you. So right. the cold call is you're asking for the date or you're asking for that dance. And just then, because they sit behind you in biology doesn't mean they're a warm lead. It does not mean they're a warm lead. Exactly. And so it also means that the guy that gets the date is the guy that's persistent and creative enough. Is that right? Well, that's, that's true too. And there's, there's some skill involved in cold calling too. <laughs> Yeah. So I have a note here, I guess that would bleed into saying that says they're all cold calls. So the persistence part, you, you make the cold call once. It doesn't mean the next call is, is, is not cold. You know, it's not a warm call now. It's still a cold call. Yeah, I uh, firmly believe that this concept of warm calls is something that was made up by salespeople or perhaps made up by marketers. Um, I can't tell you how many... Uh, clients I've had over the years or people that read uh, my newsletter or read my books, um, they reach out to me on social media and they say, you know, Wendy, this prospect filled out a contact form on my website. They asked me to call them. But when I called them, they had no idea what I was talking about or why I was calling them. Or people right. reach out to me and they say, this prospect, they open all my emails. So I called them up. They don't know who I am. They don't know why I'm calling. Yeah. They say and they don't have an interest. The they're all covered. Calling probably didn't introduce themselves properly. Probably didn't tell them why they were calling. Probably didn't give the backstory of starting with, hey, you know, Joanna, you sit behind me in biology class. <laughs> they probably just said, hey, Joanna, will you go to dance with me? And she was like, who the hell are you? 
Exactly. I'll share a truth. This is a real life true story. Got a call last week um, from someone at Bank of America. <clears throat> now, I have a, a Bank of America credit card that I never use. That's the only relationship I personally have with Bank of America. And so somebody from Bank of America called me and uh, they were very chatty. And I basically said to them, what do you want and why are you calling me? And he said, well, I want, you, I want to invite you to come into the branch to discuss your finances. And I said, why? And he said, well, this is a relationship call. And I said, do we have a relationship? <laughs> and um, and then, then I remembered I had this credit card. And I said, is there a problem on my credit card? And then he reiterated it was a relationship call. And he wanted me to come into the branch and discuss my finances. And I declined. Right. And at that point, you could have said, look, I train people on cold calls. <laughs> well, I, I can help you. Because yeah. right now, you're not a salesman. You're not an SDR. You're a con man. You're, mm -hmm. you're trying to pretend like we know each other to see if you can, I'll just slide down the path of least resistance. I find myself a couple times a day, it seems like, having to repeat the same question when I get these calls. How can I help you? They call me, hello, can I speak with Sky Cassidy? Yes, this is Sky. How can I help you? Then they'll say whatever their BS next thing is. And I'll say, okay, how can I help you? Like, what do you want? They're not getting to what they want. And it just, to me, screams bad cold call. Get right. to the point. Well, who are you? Why are you calling me? What can I do for you? Or what are you offering to do for me? And that's pretty much it. That's pretty so much that's it. That's what I was going to ask you, Wendy. What should that guy from, uh, was it Bank of America? Yes. What should he have done? What, what should have been the first thing he should have said to you? Well, I'll take a step back and say that it probably wasn't his fault because his manager uh, probably told him that uh, it was a relationship call and that therefore everybody would want to talk to him. And that probably wasn't happening. That would be, that would be my guess. Or maybe he didn't tell him anything at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. it was probably the trainer's fault or whoever wrote the script's fault or same person. Exactly. And so, so Sky's exactly right. When you reach out to somebody that you don't know, they want to know, who are you? What do you want? That's what they want to know. So the more easily, the faster that you introduce yourself, say who you are and what you want, the better the whole thing's going to work because that's what they yeah. want to know. Yeah. Um, that's true. So we're busy. Yeah. So real life example for you uh, on my side, I had a partner call me the other day. Hey, Sky, how's everything going? Did you get that email I sent you? I said to him, I'm sorry, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> Maybe either. And, and I started to go in and then he said, Oh God, I'm sorry. This is, but you know, I started to go into the thing I do. Sometimes I say, look, if you want to pretend like we know each other and you sent me an email, just tell me what you're calling about because I don't have a lot of time to waste. If you're somebody who knows me, please lead off with who you are and why I don't, you know, I don't recognize your voice. People expect that when they call somebody, um, and I think you said it's either sales, somebody sales, marketing, trick people into thinking at some point, probably marketing, telling sales like, hey, we're doing a great job. So these are all hot leads. Um, you always know when I were going to know who they were. You have a distinctive enough voice. So you, you always say, hello, that. Carla Joe. <laughs> and your name shows up on my phone. So <laughs> There you go. There you go. So Wendy, if he had done that, he's, he says, hey, I'm, I'm John Doe from Bank of America. And I'd like to talk to you about X, Y, Z. What well, would you he, he should have uh, either talked about some of the challenges. I mean, certainly having the right banking relationship can make a big difference for a business. So if the bank had uh, a new program or certain uh, loans, funding, whatever it was uh, for, for small businesses, talking about that would have made a difference. Yeah. Um, but he, di he didn't do that. He relied on relationship which we didn't have yeah and um so that's what that's what the problem was and i feel like he relied on it because it's a squishy word kind of it makes it seem like you know each Maybe. other it's he's not saying sell you something i'm not offering you something it's relationship which is you know a lot of sales people like now that use guy that, titles that don't sound like sales but it's yeah. that guy that assumes he has a relationship with you before you even gone out on the first date it's kind of creepy 
<laughs> kind of creepy. You know, I but he's been stalking you for six months. He knows everything about you. <laughs> That's right. It is time for us to get over this idea that we are not selling because we are, we selling. are selling. I like yeah. you, Wendy. Wendy, you're so wise. <laughs> <laughs> and wise. And wise. We've been mispronouncing uh, yeah. it the whole time, haven't we? Yeah, I know. <laughs> kind of our shtick. It's, it's, it's no intention that we don't care or think you're important, but Wendy Weiss, but you are wise. That okay. Too. So back to the, back to the cold calling. Sorry, we've been derailing it a bit here. Um, can we, let's, let's start at the beginning. We've had some anecdotes or some, some specific examples of, of bad cold calls, but somebody wants to do it the right way. Um, what should they be doing? Let's say, so we have a, an SDR. Um, and I'm going to jump back here to um, the godfather of SDRs. And this is kind of how we're tying for the cold calling into our marketing audience. Um, former guest of the show, Aaron Ross, uh, if you look back at episode 58, he was on talking about developing an SDR team. And he mentioned something to the tune of, you know, you have one salesperson, your next hire should not be a second salesperson. It should be an SDR to handle the cold calling and set up those, those calls for the salesperson. Um, so whether your SDRs are on the marketing side, the sales side, they're doing that initial cold call lead generation. Um, what should they be doing to start off? Whether it's, whether it's prep, training, um, can, can you kind of break down how to approach the cold call properly for us? Sure. And the first thing is that there are certain things that the business has to have in place before they run out and they hire that SDR. Um, so, the, because there's only four things uh, that you need to have, but if you don't have these things, it's not going to work. That's first the thing, preliminary planning. The preliminary planning. The first thing is the list. You need a very clear definition of what makes a good lead uh, for whatever the offering is in your market and you need that, that list and it needs to be micro-targeted. What people tend to do is they say, oh, we work with businesses that have 10 to 10,000 employees and that's not gonna work. You have to narrow it down. It's gotta be really micro-targeted because that makes it one, easier to get the list and two, easier to create the messaging that's gonna resonate with right. that type of lead. You might right. need either a different target um, within the company or your messaging might slightly differ when it's a one to 10 person company versus a 10,000 person company. Exactly. So you can have different micro targets, but you need to keep, keep a very narrow focus. So that's number one, the list. That's I number one is the list. Get that at topdatasearch.com or mountaintopdata.com uh -huh. uh, or any of those two companies, which I own. So check those out. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the second is to have a process in place that is benchmarked um, so that you know what works. Um, it takes, the research shows that it takes on average eight to 12 touches to get someone to respond. It touches a phone call, a voicemail, an email, a text, social media. It could be a letter. It's a touch. And it usually takes eight to 12 of them to get somebody to respond. So you need to have that process in place. That also includes the messaging. Don't leave it up to the reps. Don't leave it up to the SDRs. So uh, the, but for the, the benchmarks, the expectations, um, I love that. So because if you get a list and you have a great pitch, um, but the person making the pitch thinks everyone's supposed to be responsive. So they make 10 calls, they get, 10 voicemails and get discouraged, it doesn't do them any good. They need to know how many calls they should expect to make before somebody even answers the phone, before they get an interested person. And you um, should, I mean, you should have those numbers or at least there's, I guess, uh, I don't know, like um, standard templates and you can go around it. Like for us, every hundred calls, we get 10 contacts, right? right? Out of 10 contacts, then it's, you know, certain appointments are set up and out of that there's so much and, and so much, and there's so many closes. So that those are our numbers. Wendy, right? you stated a very common number: twelve calls to make contact. Eight, eight to twelve. Yeah, eight to, eight 12. to twelve. And a lot of reps give up after three, which means on average you're never breaking through. You're never breaking through. Now sometimes and it will be the first call, but you're throwing out a massive percentage if you only make three calls of your potential 
So they don't, they weren't at their desk the first three calls. It doesn't mean they're right. not interested. It means right. the timing right. wasn't there. And we teach a process that also includes leaving voicemails and sending emails. Um, and we do, we call it a voicemail campaign. It's a combination of voicemail and email. It's like a drip campaign for voicemail mm -hmm. and email. Which, do, you, you, uh, do you count your touch points? Like when you call them, that's one. You don't get a hold of them. The voicemail is like the touch point. The voicemail email, is the touch point. The email yeah. is the next touch point. The, so do you, got exactly. it. Exactly. And we usually start with eight touches, four voicemails, four emails, because that's eight touches. And then you track it and you might need to add more touches. May, depending on the market, maybe you don't need so many touches, but if you're not tracking it, you have no idea what works. Right. Right. And I, I have always told people um, back from my sales training days that when you're leaving the voicemails and most emails you send, especially if they're one-offs and not an email to the whole group, the purpose for RSDRs of the voicemail was never to get a lead or even to get a call back. Um, so we told them, don't pitch them on the voicemail. Don't put that information in there. The, basically the purpose of the voicemail uh, for them was to increase the chances that when they did actually get them on the line live, they were some memory of who they were. Basically to lay the groundwork of I'm a real person that you might want to talk to. Um, so it doesn't mean you don't mention what you're calling for. Obviously you do that. But we always said, you know, don't, don't leave a voicemail and then expect a call back. What you're really getting from that is possibly to warm them up a tiny bit. Well, we actually recommend asking for a call back because uh, you can get a good number of people to return a phone call. Uh, well, you Zoom, can, you can. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying the reps yeah. shouldn't expect it. Absolutely ask for a call back, give the information, let them know why you're calling, but they need to expect also that the vast majority of them, what you're going to get out of a voicemail is maybe they'll remember you some. Well, if they're following the process, I mean, that's not an expectation that should matter one way or another, because if they're following the process, they leave the voicemail, they send the email, they move on to the next call. And when that name comes back into their rotation, they call them, if they don't get them, they leave the voicemail, they send the email, and then they move on to the next person and, and so on. So uh, the uh, Zoom info uh, said in 2020, the average uh, response rate uh, for voicemail is 4.8%. Now we see, we see response rates that are a lot higher than that. Um, however, you probably wouldn't notice it over a period of a year. But right. if you're dialing the phone 100 times a week, and I'm just making up numbers here, but I did the math the other day, um, and you got 4.8% of those people to return a phone call, that's in the neighborhood of 250 additional conversations by the end of the year. Right. And if you have an SDR that's doing that every day, then, and I mean, the numbers get pretty big pretty and fast. higher. Yeah. 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 So I, I want to go back. I want to make sure, did we get all four points? We have the list. Nope. <laughs> no, we did not. The list, the benchmarking, the process, or is the, the benchmarking? List, the process. Okay. Two. The benchmarking, um, which is part of the process. Which is part of the process. It needs to be benchmarked. The third is, is the skill. This is really a communication skill. And it is often taught as a subset of skilling, of selling. It's, it's taught as if it's the same thing. It's not. It's a completely different skill set. And so... That's the uh, SDR instead of a sales rep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's the skill of getting someone's attention and then getting their agreement. Will you go on a date with me? <laughs> you sit yeah. behind me in biology. Would you go on a date with me? Right. Getting their attention, getting their agreement versus actually having the conversation you want to have or going on that date. And this is where the, uh, the dating analogy falls apart a little bit, or maybe we get back to medieval times with the dating analogy, because when you have an SDR and a salesperson, you basically have your, your assistant that's going to the lady and saying, this gentleman would like to have a date with you and doing the cold call pitch for you. And then you don't go on a date with the same person that asked you out. It'd be your partner in crime, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? My friend really likes you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the professional yeah. uh, date asker. Yeah. Uh, well, there are matchmakers. Yep. So. That's true. There are matchmakers. Right. So uh, three, the cold call skill. Seems like a big one. 
That's it's a huge one. Um, and the, the skill is in really handling that conversation so that the end result is that the prospect agrees uh, to an appointment. And, right. and my de definition of the word appointment is that the prospect agrees to have an in-depth conversation. Yeah. Right. You know, we actually make this. that appointment. Actually, Early yeah. in my career, I saw this a lot where we, we had people doing lead generation. I worked at a company that was doing lead generation for tech companies and we would see a lot of people who saw basically the goal of generating the lead was to get somebody to accept. And I've seen a ton of companies where the people, you know, they get lazy. It's like, Hey, if you write up a lead, you get commission on that, whatever it is. Um, so they would to get them to accept another call, but there was no actual interest built in. It was just half the time I can get this person to stop calling me and talking to me. If I'll just accept to talk to somebody else also. Um, like there was no actual interest. So when you say not just having a conversation, but yes, I have some level of interest and I'm willing to have another conversation with somebody is kind of an at important a part. On a specific day at a specific time. Right. right. You know, yeah, it's I, not like you're going to like agree to a date and then get there and then make sure your friend calls you so that you can leave. <laughs> so let's say you have a rep who's nailing every single one of these. You have an SDR, they're, they're making cold calls and they're setting these appointments, specific dates, specific time. Um, when it's done at a quality level like that and they're all legitimate leads, what percentage of those will actually make it to the date and times still? If it's handled right, a good percentage of them. Right. Um, but I not mean, 100%. I mean, some will drop off even though they set a time, right? Sometimes people do need to reschedule. Mm -hmm. And so we actually advise confirming every single appointment. And we have a multi-step process to do that. Um, but sometimes people, a prospect who is legitimately interested, something comes up, they need to reschedule. That's Or they, they have a slight interest and you didn't remind them with a follow-up so they didn't remember to make the meeting. Exactly. Yeah. But if you, if you send enough, uh, I mean, we, we go through a process that involves getting them to write it down, sending them a calendar invitation, asking them what might get in the way of them being able to keep it, uh, calling them the day before. That we, have, we have a whole process that we go through to, to make sure that appointments Now, are back to the dating analogy. When does a person just say, never mind, because they're getting hassled 10 times before the date happens so don't forget the date you're showing up at the door hey we have a they're date not getting hassled. <laughs> they're not getting hassled they're not getting hassled they are absolutely not getting hassled so um, the i mean you so you're saying before the call you can you can touch them this many times and it's not a problem done properly. no when you schedule the appointment mm -hmm. you uh get them to write it down and you say, I'm going to send you a calendar invitation for whenever it is and do me a favor, please accept it. So I know that, you know, you got all the information and that we're on. And can you think of any reason that this might not work for you? And okay, great. I'm going to call you the day before to make sure that the time still works. So they're not being hassled. They're right. being treated very professionally. You're getting them to commit. Um, getting the commitment. Kind of yeah. versus I've seen also this process where just on the call, they say, great, we'll call you at this time. And then that's it. The person forgets about it. And also it doesn't seem that serious because they never yeah, got an email with an invite and a time. And yeah. And you know, here's, here's the other thing. Um, right now we live in a time where it is not as easy to get in your car and go see people. If your appointment um, six, maybe six months ago or seven months ago or a year ago, you're getting in your car and you're going to see someone and they are running late, but you're sitting there, you're in their office, they're probably going to see you even if they are running late. Um, today, people are doing more appointments by Zoom or they're doing everything over the phone. And it is much harder to get someone to keep that kind of appointment, not because they don't wanna to talk to you, but because they're busy. If you have a phone appointment, and you call that person at the time you're supposed to call them, or if their meeting is running over, they're not picking up the phone. Yeah. I've so, noticed if you don't get it on the calendar also, something else will get on the calendar. It happens exactly. to me sometimes. Somebody says, yeah, great. We'll have a call on this day. They don't send me a calendar invite. By the end of the day, someone else has filled that slot now. 
and that yeah. the space is full on on, on the calendar on all because calendar. someone else either on calendly or some other way scheduled something and it's like if you don't get that on the calendar at the time there's a good chance it's going to get overwritten and then you might just get blown off Right. Um, you know, I, I want to make a point here because um, I want to go back to the very first step on your process, which this makes sense. The list, right? And Sky's talking about being hassled and you're like, no, they're not being hassled. They're being treated very professionally. They're being controlled very professionally. Right. And, and I really, I really appreciate when I am targeted to be sold something that I really need that is something that's going to help me. And I am professionally controlled to being make an appointment. I don't feel like it's a hassle, right? right. Oh no. When somebody approaches you with a cold call for something that you need or want, but it's or very targeted, scope, right? Yeah, so she's right. talking about this targeted list and that's, she said that was number one, right? It is number one. Yeah. As opposed to one. I yeah. get calls from people trying to sell me data. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you don't know what my company does. I'm a competitor and you're calling me. Like this is yeah, ridiculous. What no, a waste of time. Uh -huh. um, so it's number one, but the most important one so far, we haven't got the four, seems to be the cold call skill. Number three, developing that skill. Yeah. The, well, number the, three. Skill is, the skill is nothing if you don't have a great list and a good process because a very skillful SDR talking to all the wrong people it's not going to make any. Yeah, with a crappy process, it's not going to make, make any appointments. So all, I mean, that's why we have four steps. They're all critical. They're all critical. Number four. Be back and then to number, number four. Three. Let's let's get to number four. You need. I'm so astonished still today in 2020, uh, going into 2021 in a few months, the number of companies that don't have any kind of software to manage their prospecting oh. process, and Ouch. It is close to impossible to manage this process. I mean, think about it. If you're, if you're just doing a voicemail campaign with four voicemails and four emails, how do you keep track of who you're calling and when you need to call them back and what you said before and all the rest of that? If and how you're many not touch using... points it took so that you could track that and go, yeah. ours is eight, it's 12 or whatever. Yeah. So do you have any software you recommend? I mean, basic CRMs, but there's very specific softwares these days made just for cold calling and sales. We and do. We, we, we recommend Contact Science, your, your buddy, uh, Bob Howard. I think he's been um, on the show. Yeah. Contact Science. Yeah. And uh, it's made specifically for prospecting and appointment setting. And uh, so that's, and there's, that's not to say if you're listening and your company uses something else, there's a lot of solutions out there for this. And then also basic, I mean, our company, I know we um, never used a specific software for this. We used a CRM and people would manage contacts in there, but anything other than a spreadsheet, although I guess some companies, at least that's something, um, but, but it's not uh, a something that's good. Right, not, <laughs> not, good not it's good. not a something that is good. When I started, the company I started in didn't have a CRM. And I remember taking Outlook and figuring out a way to organize folders in Outlook so the sales reps I was working with could st structure it like a CRM, basically. So use what you have, but you have to have some way of tracking things. And for God's sakes, get an actual software that's supposed to do this. I'm sure there's this day there's free versions and freeware and Absolutely. all kinds of, of stuff. And once you're making a single sale, it more than pays for itself to be able to actually manage your yeah. sales and your marketing. That's yeah. a really good list. Four points. The list, the list, the process, the skill and the technology. Yeah. I like it. I think we've wrapped it up pretty nicely here for the first half. I want to take a, a quick commercial break. When we get back, I want to really dig into number three here, the cold call scale part. Um, what people should be doing, shouldn't be doing, how to approach that, how to prep for it. All yeah, and I have a question stuff. on that too. Excellent. Keep that in mind, KJ. We'll be right back after the break. Yeah. You listen to the If You Market podcast. We have Wendy, how do you say that Weiss. last name, Wendy? Weiss. Weiss. Wendy Weiss <laughs> with us, uh, president of coldcallingresults.com. We'll be right back. Is your data company ignoring and gouging you or gouging and ignoring you? Those are the main reasons our customers move from the previous list provider, Mountaintop Data's Top Data Search platform. What's Top Data Search? Well, with Top Data Search, 
you can search our database of 20 million plus business contacts and download lists with complete contact information. It's a convenient tool for both sales and marketing departments to get accurate lists. It's free to have an account. There's no annual contracts, no seat fees. Top Data Search is just easy access to accurate data. And when you reach out to us with questions, we actually give you answers. Visit topdatasearch.com and sign up for a free account with the coupon code IYM300 and get 300 free credits. Or if you're just curious, go to topdatasearch.com and run some searches on our open search tool, no account needed, by clicking the search now button. That's at topdatasearch.com. Welcome back to the Ify Market Podcast. Uh, we are speaking with Wendy Weiss, president of coldcallingresults.com about cold calling. Wendy, KJ has a question for you, but before we get to that, um, I want to hear a little bit about you, about your company, what you do there, how you got to where you are. I'm just going to throw all the questions at you and then you, you can cover them all. Tell us um, your life history. <laughs> yeah. What your company does, um, all that kind of good stuff. So take it away. Okay. I'm taking it away. Uh, my company is coldcallingresults.com and we focus on helping businesses grow their pipeline faster, more easily, and more profitably. Um, we specialize in uh, underperforming sales teams, teams that are not setting up enough qualified appointments, what we've been talking about, and people that do our programs. Our core program is called 3X Appointments. We call it 3X because people that do this are routinely, at a minimum, triple their numbers. And what I mean by that is three times as many appointments, which leads to a corresponding increase in revenue down the line. Unless and your salespeople are really screwing up, which can happen. <laughs> if you have three times as many appointments and your sales thing. don't increase, then you need to have a meeting. There, yeah, then there, <laughs> there would be a problem. And um, from my, my background, I will share that I was never supposed to be a sales trainer. I was actually supposed to be a ballerina. I grew up in uh, Pittsburgh. I moved to New York City where I still live and work. I moved here when I was 17 to dance. I studied at the Joffrey Ballet School. And then like every artist in New York City, I needed a day job. Uh, I got a job with a telemarketing agency that did business development. And it turned out I was good at it which was a complete surprise because ballet dancers don't talk. And um, I did that for a while. And then I started my own business where I had clients that I'd represent and I did business development for them. And then I segued into the business that I have today, which is working uh, with businesses uh, that need to be building their pipeline. Uh, finding I would more say ballet and cold calling both take a ton of grit though. Like there, both of them, there's no guarantee on any given, like you're going to put out a lot of effort and you're probably not going to get the result you want every time. Well, here's the thing. When you're a dancer, you take a ballet class every single day, five or six days a week. When you are training as a young dancer, you take three or four classes a day and you learn a specific skill set. You take ballet class every single day, and eventually you become a ballet dancer. It just happens. If you don't take class, you're not going to be a ballet dancer. I'm sure you applied no. those principles to your business and your cold calling success. So you're developing Warm the up. skills through the hard skills. work. <laughs> and you know what? Practice. When I got that day job all those years ago, they taught me this skill. Right. They trained me, they coached me, they gave me feedback, they kept me accountable, just like my ballet teachers. And learning this skill enabled me to build a business. So the, actually, the training model that we use at Cold Calling Results is what I learned in ballet class. Warm up, rehearse, perform. The problem is that most people just jump to the performance. Right, right. right. That's why it doesn't work for them. I feel like the movies teach people that the way to be great at a cold call is have a ton of charisma and, and be the, the hero, the star of the movie. And then you jump on, you say something magical and everybody buys every Still time. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that doesn't work so well. <laughs> I would guess that after no years of ballet, eight hours of cold calling seem, seem like a um, relaxing break 
from, from the strenuous, <laughs> strenuous ballet uh, uh, workouts. Um, well, it, it is true that um, one of the things that I had to learn over the years that I did training uh, is people worry a lot about rejection. And uh, what I learned as a ballet dancer is you can't worry about that. You just have to follow the process. Right. Very few of all the people putting in all the hard work all day, every day, day after day throughout the week in ballet um, end up on the stage somewhere professionally. If they keep dancing, a lot of them do. Yeah. Oh, the problem okay. is most people quit. <laughs> yeah. It's very hard. That kind of thing is, is very hard. They, okay. So this all kind of leads us to the cold calling skill part, developing yes. the skill. You've taken that, that model you learned from ballet to get good at something and apply it and, uh, and kind of uh, applied that to the cold calling world. Can you go through that for us? So number three on the four things you need to have. for Absolutely. So if you're, if you're a ballet dancer, the first thing that you have to do before class or a rehearsal or before performance is you have to warm up. You have to stretch out. Uh, you have to get set up to do what you need to do so that you don't hurt yourself. So the warm-up for a successful SDR is to do the things that they need to do to get set up or the, business, the, the company has to have these things set up for them so that they don't hurt themselves. So that is exactly what we were talking about earlier, that, that list, that, that micro-targeted list, that process, including all of the scripts, um, the training that they will need, and have the software to manage the entire process. So that's the warm up. So that's kind of preparation. That's now what preparation. about what about actual like guy comes in, you're an SDR, you're going to be making 100 plus calls today. And um, do you jump straight onto the phones? Or do you warm up, like warm up, warm up, walk through a couple calls talking out loud, going through your opening pitch, just kind of mentally warm yourself up to get fluid? Are you talking about a brand new SDR or somebody that has experience? Oh, either one, either one. Well, if they're, if they're brand new, they have to uh, learn the skills they need to learn what to say to the gatekeepers. Um, that's a skill. Oh, um, so yeah, past the learning. So assuming they've been trained and whatnot, so maybe brand new, but it's their first week on the job, they've been trained. Um, should they be doing some, some dry runs, some role playing almost? Uh, to the mirror or at their desk before they make their first call. Well, we do, we always recommend doing role playing and, and that actually gets into the second stage, which is the rehearsal part. If you're a dancer and you have a performance com you, coming up, you don't just run out on stage and start dancing. You've been rehearsing for months. Right. Which you dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal, you, um, and rehearsing, you do the same thing over and over again. You get muscle memory. You don't have to think about what you're doing. You just do it. And the same thing applies with an SDR. That's why sales trainers like to role play because you do it over and over again and they stop thinking. They just know what to say. Right. You're and actually having a conversation about something you know how to talk about versus trying to struggle through a script and think about what's the right thing to say to win. Yeah, right they're not struggling with their basics. They know their basics. Exactly. Just communicate, like really communicate. And this, this is entirely predictable. This process is entirely predictable. We're going for a yes on an appointment. If the prospect does not say yes, we know what they are going to say. There are no surprises. We know they're going to say, we're working with someone. Uh, I'm busy. Send me information. Uh, they might say, I'm not interested. And I have more to say on I'm not interested in just a moment. But we know what they're going to say. Right. So an SDR has to be prepared. There are, there are responses that work. They have to be prepared. And when they hear that objection, I'm too busy, the answer is not, uh, they, they have to come out with the right answer. And that's why we do the role playing. That's, that's why right. they need to rehearse. If you right. make 100 calls, you might get 10 people that answer the phone. And if you, the first time they all, each one says, yeah, I'm not interested right now. You say, oh, okay, thanks, bye. 
you're blowing a huge percentage of all the hard dialing work you're doing. Okay. Um, because you don't There's know only how to respond two reasons. To... There's only two reasons that people say I'm not interested. Ooh, the, tell us. The first reason is you don't have a good list. I knew it. Okay. <laughs> if you are 100% sure that you have a good list and everybody you talk to says I'm not interested, that means you're not saying anything interesting. <laughs> okay. uh, there might be more than two. I could think of some others. I mean, there's your product sucks, so they're never going to be interested. Um, they have no need. They or, don't know that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good point. You haven't. Yeah. You haven't espoused all the what the product is at that point even. Um, um, and so, the thing is, if you have done your micro targeting, you're not going to be reaching out to people that have no need of whatever it is you do. Right. So, so it circles back to you need to have the good list. Yeah. Now, what's, what's, there's two reasons. You said, one, you don't have a good list. The second one is you're not saying anything interesting. Yeah, that's what she said. You're not saying anything interesting. Mm. Yeah. So that goes back to having the process uh, and the drilling and the training, right? Right. And knowing what you're saying to that particular list. Exactly. The, when we do our 3X appointments program, people are really surprised because we work with the people in the program on what they're saying. And by the end of the program, and I always ask each person in the program, what's changed for you? We do the program over a period of months. What's changed for you in the last three months? And they all say some version of, oh, well, now I just call up the prospect and I get them on the phone and I say what I have to say and then they book an appointment. And they kind of say it like that. They're very blasé about so the So casual thing. now that they've learned yeah, it. It's like, oh, yeah, they just set an appointment with me. And... Uh, the thing is, when you get the messaging right, people will book appointments. Right. Suddenly it seems easy. They can't even explain why the no's have turned to yeses. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people will say to me, well, Wendy, I have a script. And I say, great. What happens when you use it? <laughs> because if you're using a script and people are screaming at you and hanging up, your script doesn't work. Your script you need is to wrong. You need to say something else. This is like real life. People respond to what you say. Just like real life. <laughs> In real life, people, you say something, people generally respond. There you go. And if you say it wrong, not, not the way you want. Right. No, I just have a, a, a question. I think it belongs in skill. Maybe it's something totally different. But what is the difference between prospecting and cold calling? Well, Prospecting is, is kind of a wider, a broader term. Um, but cold, cold calling is a specific type of outreach. Prospecting would in, include what people typically call warm calls. Um, oh. But I don't make and a lot warm of- Warm calls? But but I, like don't make warm a lot of I don't make a lot of distinction. To me, you it's don't. all a cold call. Okay. Right? You know, but tell me, there's cold calls and less cold calls. Well, <laughs> not I, as I, of a call. I think of it as getting the appointment versus not getting the appointment. Okay. Right. And too many people rely on this idea of it's a warm call. It's a relationship call. Right. <laughs> so gotcha. they don't actually uh, handle themselves well. Okay. Basically, they, they think they're already on base. They don't even need to try anymore. It's there. Everything's just going to fall into place. But exactly. the work still needs to be done. It's, it's a less cold than the initial cold call. But yeah, you still got to do all the work uh, type of a thing. Um, okay, we are really getting tight on time here. I want to make sure we get everything out that we can for, for, the, for the listeners on this. So let's focus on... Um, thinking about SDR, that's making cold calls, that's their job. Uh, they have some basic training, they've got a good list, um, they've got a system, they've got lead management software in place, but on that actual call, can you throw out just some things to avoid, some things to make sure you do for them to help up their game a little bit? Your top tips. Oh, top tips. Um, uh, top tips. Stay conversational. You want to sound like yourself. Um, and this, this goes back to the company uh, and the process and the scripting. Lots of times when people write scripts, they write it down, which you do need to do, 
um, but they write it down like that. We've all been taught in school to write in a certain manner. That's they're writing Moby Dick being, for a script, basically. Uh, human beings don't talk like that. Right. Um, so you want to sound like yourself. A marketing value proposition, a prospecting or cold calling value proposition are not the same thing. Because a marketing value proposition is written to be read. It's on your website. It's in your email. It shouldn't, it's in your marketing email. Even if you're sending a prospecting email, you want to sound like yourself, like you sat down and wrote an email. Yeah. Um, so that's really important. And um, to focus in on what are the challenges that prospects have that you can help them with, you know, and, and how do they talk about it? Because everybody wants to talk about what they do. You know, right. we do this and we do that. But the prospect has a problem that you can solve. Talk what are about the, issues? the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. On the conversational part, I noticed when training salespeople that I got rid of the script and replaced it with um, just kind of some general directions and then a list of phrases to use so that they didn't stumble over the specific phrasing on something and they had that, but we weren't giving them the full sentences. We made them form their own sentences around stuff. And that seemed to really help with the conversation aspect of early on people who maybe weren't so comfortable yet. They will guarantee they will take out all the powerful stuff. <laughs> they don't believe it. It's they just, just aren't comfortable such, with it. Oh, there's such novices. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we have people write scripts and take out the punctuation. Hmm. Because uh, when people read a script that has punctuation, if they're brand new, they will say, hello, Sky. My name is Wendy Weiss. My company is coldcallingresults.com because that's how it's written. And we've been trained to, there are a period at the end, we're going to stop. That's how we've been trained to read. Right. So we have them take out the punctuation. I remember there were several purposes to it, but telling an, an SDR one time because they were so robotic with, their, with the pitch that they had come up with from our phrasing um, that saying, okay, you get out your initial, here's who I am, here's why I'm calling thing. Now pretend you just spill coffee on yourself. The script is out the window now, right? You have to <laughs> mention why you just screamed and they heard this sound or, so, or, or something. Uh -huh. Now you're talking. Like just trying to break them of that. The robotism. That, yeah, the robotism. <laughs> <laughs> so um, being real and being yourself and making your, your own, that's your number one tip. Give, <clears throat> what, what are two more? What are the top three? Before you get to any techniques for helping them be real, I mean, other than spilling hot coffee on them in the middle of a call, which if you really have to go for it, but you might see a lawsuit. Um, any techniques on helping people who are being too robotic break out of that and, and stay more conversational? Yes, I always uh, tell people to think of somebody in their life that they really like, that they really like talking to, that they know is always uh, just very receptive and wants to hear what they have to say. And imagine that that's the person they're talking to. And uh, as soon as they do that, you can hear an enormous shift um, in, in the way they're talking. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So that's a good one. So a less weird version of picturing somebody naked. Okay. A less weird version. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, and, and, you know, the thing is that SDRs, they need to practice, they need to rehearse. Uh, the third in the performance model, warm up, rehearse, perform, they need to rehearse their script enough so that it's just automatic. They can just talk like a human being. And they also need to practice because, as I said earlier, we know what prospects say if they don't immediately say yes. So they have to practice. They have to rehearse those responses. And the focus is on getting the appointment. It's not dump your vendor, hire us. That's not what you're doing. The appointment is the introduction. Are so you getting the date, not the marriage proposal? So you make it really real. They practice that and they practice the objections handling, right? And they get the appointment. Exactly. 
I mean, that's the, uh, let's focus on the top three things. I'm sure there's like 25 of them or whatever, but top three, simple. Very it's, simple. Yeah. We can't cover yeah. all however many But the simple is the most do. powerful, right? But Wendy has written a book or two on this that probably, and has courses, and this is what she does. So in a one hour podcast here, or 45 minutes or, or however long. We've got great resources. Going, yeah, we, we can get you started. This is the cold call of cold calling information. Um, we can get you started on the path. And then if you want to go down the path more, lots of, lots of ways to dig into this deeper um, I guess before I give the final information here, Wendy, if there was one more piece of advice you could give people on cold calling, one more trick, tip, um, what would it be? Well, if you have SDRs and you want them to prospect, I invite you to download my practical guide uh, to getting sales teams to prospect, which is a step-by-step -step guide of what you need to do and what you need to have in place um, to make SDRs effective at appointment setting. And, uh, and you're gonna post a link for that, I believe. Yeah. Yes, and I've got this. it right here. I went on your website, there it is. Yeah, okay. Fantastic transition help there, Wendy, thank you. Transitioning mm -hmm. right into uh, show notes on this episode, we'll have all the information on Wendy, um, her LinkedIn page, her website, a link to that uh, guide itself. Also, you have a book out, um, Business Owner's Guide to Scheduling More Qualified Appointments when the well, prospects prospect. are all completely freaking out. Yes. Um, is, that, <laughs> is that a book? Is that an online guide? Um, um, no, that's actually um, another, that's a guide that you can download as well. And that's uh, 12 steps to finding sales opportunities today. Excellent. So that's the same, the business owner's guide and the 12 steps to finding sales opportunities Correct. today. Correct. Is one thing. Okay, fantastic. And I imagine the freaking out part, does that have anything to do with coronavirus? That's has everything to do with coronavirus. Fantastic. You know, I, whenever there's a shift, there is opportunity. Yeah. And um, so uh, I, I know a lot of businesses just stopped prospecting because they thought it wasn't a good thing to do. This is the time. People still have problems that need to be solved. Yes. People <laughs> do. And hopefully More your customer, your company solves something that people need solved. So get to it. Fantastic. All right, Wendy, thank you for coming on the show. Um, thank again, you, Wendy. I just downloaded your book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Enjoy. Find the show notes on this episode on ifumarket.com. And uh, on behalf of Carla Jill Helms and the If You Market team and Wendy Weiss of coldcallingresults.com, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it, with no, cold, if you cold call the shit out of it. If you cold call the shit out of it, they, they will come. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.